Oh, hello, my dears. It's Karen Stonecutter here. We're on our way up the mountain, and we stopped to check out a very suspicious cave, only for that dastardly master Speck to show up and start talking down to us. I did not care for the way he was behaving toward Idafer, but he left before I could give him a proper talking to. That dinosaur man finally caught up to us. His name is Blackguard, and he's trying to take notes on us for some reason. But he's a lovely lad, so we're letting him travel with us. It took us a while, but we finally reached the top of the mountain, and Turago Nook, gosh, what a town! The first kid we met sounded an alarm, but he was nice enough, and he claimed that he was the mayor of the whole town, even though he's clearly some sort of stable boy. The other members of Turago Nook were not happy to see us, and demanded we leave first thing in the morning. How rude! Oh, and Idafus saw some poor young man being dragged into a storm cellar. Whatever is going on up on top of this mountain, we're definitely going to get to the bottom of it. everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Jason Breffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D and I'll be your DM and I will be the one who is throwing all the bullshit at the players today because that's what I love to do. I love to throw BS at my players. Hi players. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. As I said, my name is Penny D. I'll be your DM today and my favorite childhood book was actually a series of books. Uh, I really got into the Animorphs books when I was a kid because <laughs> uh, my parents would buy them for me because they had really dumb, you know, goofy covers on them with like, you know, a girl slowly transforming into a bear. <laughs> but what they didn't really think about was the content of the books was actually a group of teenagers, uh, you know, forced into an interstellar war and having to, you know, do war crimes and all this body horror stuff. <laughs> Because the covers were so goofy, people didn't realize it was actually a fairly serious, fairly scarring childhood experience. And I, for one, loved it. And X is my son. <laughs> Kia ora, I'm Nate and I'm playing Flimva, the halfling bard, and his beautiful little sidekick, Welby, the tiny red dragon. I realize that like I don't often introduce him. <laughs> he's, just, he's just there <laughs> under the hat, unawares until I need him. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. my favorite childhood book, I actually have two. So it's two different parts of my childhood. But I had a little box set of Peter Rabbit and Friends stories. Oh, yeah. And they were like a pocket size. They were cute pictures. Oh, just gorgeous. Were they green? No, they were white. Oh. Oh, they might have been green under the nice sleeves. Yeah, I had a little box set. I think they're still at my mum's house. And they are all hardbacks. And they're just t- teeny weeny and they're all green. My other book that childhood favourite and still favourite, if I must confess, is my Where's Wally books. Yeah! yeah. Nice. Those are good books. That's awesome. I recently bought a bunch of Where's Wally books because I saw them at the warehouse and I was like, oh, I do love Doesn't a Where's Wally. Where's Wally hold up? No, I, it's all the old ones. Oh, okay. They, they, haven't released, they haven't released any in ages, but mm. they're still great. I love it how it jumps from... Where's Wally? He's at the airport somewhere. And then by the third book, it's like, he's in a magical land where dragons are firing <laughs> goo at sailors who are trying to scare off the dragons with searchlights. And you're like, wow. <laughs> you certainly got Wally. lost, didn't you? He really gets around. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie. 
and I play Frankie the Human Artificer. And my favorite childhood books, you know, a little mini series, I think it is, I mean, there's only like two, is actually Cloudy with a Chance of Meeples and its sequel, Pickles Over Pittsburgh. Those were books? Yes, they I were books. I had no idea oh that those were books. Oh my gosh. They were books, yes. And that's why I was so excited when the movie came out. And then I'm like, the movies are nothing like the books. Oh, really? Is but it that's been okay changed? because the books were like 10 pages long. <laughs> the the storylines of the books are really sweet. And Pickles Over Pittsburgh, I don't want to spoil it, but they end up using the big food that destroyed the first, you know, that happened in the first book. They use it to like help like world hunger and stuff. Aww. So that's really cute. And in the in the first book, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, like it's just an everyday thing that happens with when it was raining food. So it wasn't like a whoops, somebody invented something. It, like it literally just popped up and it, and it's been happening forever. And it was so cute. And one part that I really liked was the cover of the book is just like this really cute old man with an umbrella holding out a plate, like waiting for I think some eggs to fall onto it. And I just that book cover is just ingrained in my head and and that's that's partly why i love it i actually saw the cloudy with a chance of meatballs movies after uh, we started recording the show so for me uh that character uh actually is inspired by frankie yeah 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 i i agree (laughs) i'm poppy and i play ida for the tiefling rogue and i guess i kind of have two favorite books so like when i was a kid kid the book that mum would read to us when we were kids was called Guess How Much I Love You. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the one with the little rabbits and the baby rabbits. Like, I love you this much. And, and he's stretching his arms out so wide. Really wide. So yeah, it's cute. very cute. And then when I started reading books myself, I really got into the Molly Moon series. Oh my gosh, I remember Molly Moon. Yeah, that was the first time I ever got excited for a book release because the fourth or third or fourth book came out when I was like, 13 and I was just like freaking out and the school library got it in and I read it straight away so that was really fun I used to have these I don't know what happened to them but they had the shiny covers and you would like and she had like a a little dog and he was really cute yeah oh my gosh what a blast from the past but the childhood book I actually loved oh oh sorry I'm Liz and I play Karen the barbarian the mother the wife the dwarf the legend (laughs) (laughs) and my favorite childhood book I also have a couple. When I was a little kid, it was definitely Wind in the Willows. And not just the story where Toad, you know, gets a car and then crashes his car and then goes to jail and then dresses up as a lady to escape. Hang on. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah. You know, when Toad dresses up as a washerwoman to escape jail. Really was like a bastard. Yeah. He was he was a bastard man, but he also he also performed uh, gender and reading that at a young age. I don't know. It had some kind of an effect on me, but <laughs> I don't know. But I also really enjoyed the other stories. Ratty and Molly, who just decided to live together for no reason. I like how creative the names are. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the funny thing is Ratty wasn't even a rat. He's a water vole. Oh. So that's not the same species. Hell? But they were just two dudes who... It could have been just... Volley and Molly, and that would have been Volley cute. and Molly, oh. that's cute! Yeah, they, they they live together. They're my queer icons. You know, a lot of people are like, it's Frog and Toad are the queer icons. For me, it's yeah, Ratty and Molly. Uh, yeah, 
But for me, and personally, Bert and, Ernie. Bert and Ernie, Ratty and Molly, they deserve to be up there in the echelons of just like dudes who live together and are ambiguously queer. <laughs> I, I have a passion for Wind in the Willows, apparently. <laughs> My God, I could keep going. Pan's in it. There's a story about Stranger Danger. There's there's a whole bunch of stories within the Wind in the Willows. Whatever. Anyway. Is that the series where there's like a frog with a brown suit on? People use them a lot for memes nowadays? Yeah. That, okay. That, All right. I know what we're talking about. Anyway. 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 This is an informative children's stories podcast. It is a D&D <laughs> podcast. How do you guys feel about, you know, doing some stuff up at Tarago Nook? Oh, so excited. I'm ready to, I'm ready to find out what it is about people's hair color that makes them go do things here. I can apparently. tell you right now, it's the peroxide. <laughs> You're probably right. It probably is the peroxide. So Ma leaves you uh, on the main street of Tarago Nook. She turns around and she leaves, but not before giving Riki an extremely dirty look. Riki leads you up the main street. Uh, to the very top where there's a T intersection and at the top of the T there's a very grand you know A-frame wooden building with a large you know glass window in the A pointing back down the main street it's the one Ma pointed at you know when she said you know you guys could stay here and Ricky leads you inside and he's got a big grin and he's like this is the primo lodge I never get to go in here you're lucky this place costs an absolute fortune during the on season okay it very much seems like you would like us to leave instead though no you can stay the night if you try to leave early you will freeze to death out there oh yeah I was gonna say he he seems to want us to stay but his mum like what's up with your mum man yeah oh Ma's not my mum oh well, what's up with Ma then? I don't know. She's just always had kind of a cold personality. Um, and then he, he sort of giggles to himself about something. Out of curiosity, uh, is her name actually Ma? Or like, do you just affectionately term her as Ma? Um, both, I think. Oh. Yeah, both. Okay, well, that's all right then. I just figured if we want to get on her good side, we should call her by her real name. But if it's Ma, it's Ma. Uh, Idafa, roll me an insight check. All right. Oh, that's not ideal. I don't think I incited anything at all. <laughs> that comes to seven. Yeah, there's something he's not telling you, but it's not that he's trying to like lie to you. It doesn't feel malicious. He's sort of just avoiding the question. Just to refresh, what color is Mars here? White. Oh yeah. White. That's why the cold joke. <laughs> And Ricky has got green hair. Green hair, yeah. So the lodge is really lovely. You know, there's deep, comfy carpets, enormous cushioned chairs. There's a lavish fireplace, beautiful paintings, which all seem to depict giants being slain by mortals. Ricky leads you into the big shared common space area. And he tells you to make yourselves comfortable as he sort of haphazardly sets about getting the fire going. Blackguard removes his big heavy armor one piece at a time and once the fire's going he sort of stretches himself out in front of the fire. His body under the armor, you know he's wearing this big heavy black plate, uh, is very lizard-like. He's covered in scales and he's mostly green and he's got sort of some of the same yellows and reds that his head crest uh, sort of has in it. And he looks over at you and he sort of closes his eyes a bit and he's like, oh finally. Mm. That cold was horrible. Ugh, I'm just gonna lie down for a minute, but I'll <laughs> keep my... 
notes if you uh, do anything. And he almost immediately falls asleep in front of the fire. Is there a blanket sitting on, like, a couch or anything? Yeah, absolutely. I would like to grab the blanket and gently pop it over (laughs) Blackguard. He takes a bite out of it, but he, you know, mostly just seems like he's, you know, all getting snuggled up in the warm. Very cute. Flynnva, roll me insight. A 22. Yeah, so now that it's warmer, the fire's sort of starting to warm up the inside of the room. Welby's starting to stir from his safe place inside your clothing. (laughs) And like, because he's invisible, you can feel him crawling around on you. But you notice that he seems really curious about Iki, like he's peeking out while still invisible. Mm. And it feels like from where he's standing that he's sort of trying to get a clear view of him. And at one point, he crawls all the way out from his shelter and completely flies off of you, which is something that he doesn't normally do while he's invisible. And you have no idea where he goes while he's invisible when he flies off you. Uh, But eventually he does land back on you, but you notice that he doesn't tuck himself away like he normally does. He sits himself on your shoulder, still invisible, but any time that you move, he kind of moves around on you so that he's always got a clear line of sight to Riki. So I make myself comfy on the couch and I kind of whisper to Welby, I'm like, what's up? What are you, what are you doing? So, what's your friend? Uh, he sends you back a question mark uh, and then like a whole bunch of question marks. Uh, and then you notice he's like way more alert, like he's normally really chill and he likes to sleep. You know, when he's hungry, he'll get active, but most of the time he just sort of makes himself at home, like under your hat or in the, you know, your hood if you've got a jacket on or like inside your sleeves or whatever. He's pretty lazy, yeah. <laughs> Essentially a dog. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Welby, I'm like, do you want me to get closer to suss him out for you? Is, is this a fear thing or a curious thing? Uh, roll me a stealth check. 23. Uh, cool, yeah, so you're able to say this without Iki hearing you. Uh, and the rest of you, you're sort of used to hearing Flynn sort of muttering to himself, talking to himself nowadays. Oh, I feel like yeah. I am. Like, even before he got well there. I feel like he would be the kind of guy who would walk around the office and practice. Just, like, <laughs> muttering sales pitches and stuff. Yeah, we'd yeah. be quite used himself, to him yeah. pacing up and down, practicing his patter and stuff under his breath. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. You're accustomed to this kind of behavior. Either we're totally accustomed to this behavior and we literally don't hear it at all, or we know what he's saying whenever he says it because we're so used to being able to pick out his words from his muttering. Mm. Um, but back to the role. Uh, you are successfully able to whisper this to Welby without Ricky hearing you. But the strange thing is, is that Welby doesn't respond. Uh, almost like he wasn't listening to you. Oh. Huh. His attention seems elsewhere. While this is happening, I'd like to sidle up to R- Ricky. I'm going to call him Ricky, really, like, just don't give a shit kind of thing. And I'm just <laughs> like, hey, Ricky, Ricky, my dude. So this here... Do you got a cool hairdresser around here? Because I have to admit, I've been pretty keen to like swap out my hairstyle for a while. Yeah, so we do have a salon. And, you know, during the on season, a lot of the time, it's so that the guests can, you know, get their hair did. And yeah, I guess I, you know, get it cut in the style once in a while when there's no guests around. Are you telling me that this green is natural? Oh, right. Uh, no. No, it was a color that was added later uh in insight roll please yeah i'll i'll go ahead and roll insight because i'm quite intrigued yep <laughs> that is an 18 
he's definitely lying to you, but also like it didn't even occur to him that that was what you were talking about until you brought up the color. He just thought that you thought that he looked cool, and then when you see the color, he sort you sort of oh. caught him off guard. I'll be like, so like, what brand do you use to dye your hair? And at this point, a pretty silver-haired woman enters the room, and she's carrying a, a platter of cooked food. And Riki looks really excited at the food, and he's like, oh, yeah, um, we can, we can talk about that later. You know, she brings in this big platter, and it's gorgeous, well-spiced meat, plenty of dips, you know, fresh breads, you know, there's a few bottles of expensive liqueur in there, nice crystal bottles. It's a really nice platter. Damn. She puts it down and she waits for a moment before Riki tells her it's on the house. And she smirks at him for a bit before leaving and she sort of shakes her head to herself as she leaves the room. Mm. So I'll be like, oh, I don't know about that. I think it's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a Romeo performance check for that terrible dad joke that you did. <laughs> Thank you. Mean good I don't know if I'd call it terrible. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'll roll for it. So performance. Yeah. That is a 22. Oh, damn. Uh, I guess she doesn't get out a lot because she does chuckle to herself uh, as you make the joke about being on the table. I will do finger guns and wink at her. (laughs) So Ricky sits with you as you all eat dinner together and he makes a big deal about, you know, how he never gets to eat this well. And he's really excited to be able to sit with you and eat. And you all sit and you kind of pick at it and there's plenty to drink and there's plenty to eat. But eventually he does stand up and he tells you that he needs to get back to Buttercup. And he stands and he goes to leave you guys alone. Have a good evening, Reiki. Uh, yeah, you too. We'll catch you later, dude. I want to hear about that hair dye. Yeah, it was nice to meet you. I'll be back in the morning to, you know, escort you guys out. But, you know, enjoy your rest and sleep in and I'll be back later. Good night. Okay, so obviously we're not sleeping, right? And obviously he was lying about us here. That is not, like, he, he's not being honest with me. Yeah, this is a very interesting place. Wait, we're not sleeping? Well, you can if you want, Frankie. It's okay. You can have a nap if you want to, Frankie. But we've got yeah, to find. Stay up. We've got. Don't be mean to him. You know. You know he's older than you. He's our sweet little boy. We must look after him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, I don't function well if I don't get a good, a, a decent, you know, seven hours sleep. <laughs> well. We've got to find this wizard. Mm-hmm. We we simply can't let Welby continue to be a little rat bag. Be a little rat bag. We want to do the best for him. He's, he's okay. He's just learning. <laughs> You're learning how to be a rat bag. Yes, absolutely. We have to actually get him to someone who knows how to make him learn how to not be a rat bag at this point, I feel. And... Uh, it doesn't seem like anybody here is going to actually help us. So I suggest, while old Blackguard down there is sleeping... It's snooping time. It's snooping time. What do we say? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'll do anything for Welby, and I also am very nosy, so this works well for me. <laughs> you know that cellar that I saw that guy get dragged into? Is that the cellar attached to this building, or nah? It's not attached to this building, but it's not far. Uh, you know, you saw it happen, it's probably a little bit down Main Street and then maybe just one street over. So does anyone know where we should start snooping? I'm going to head down the road a bit because I did see a man get dragged into a cellar and that seems like a very important event. Like, I think that... What? 
okay. Well, that does seem like a good place to start. Should we see if there's a back door and try and go around the back way? Either that, or we we could just wait until it's night time, because I feel like these people don't stay out at night, or if they do, that would be also interesting to investigate. That is true. The, 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 the thing is, is it is snowing, so it doesn't really matter what door we go out of, we're going to get tracked. I think it would probably be better to stay to the places that we know we can get to and from. If we sneak around the alleys the whole time, I think we're going to get lost. So if we stick to the main roads and just assume that people don't want to go out because it's freezing cold and it's raining and, and, it's, and it's snowing rather and it's night time, I think, I think we'll be able to get a good, a good snoop in. Yeah, what's our cover story? I love a good cover story. Or in the town. Or of the town. We need to find somewhere to put... No, no, that's not a good one. For, uh, for drinks. We're looking, we're looking for some late night drinks. Uh, Frankie, just while everybody else is talking, just roll me a perception check. Perception is a 13. Uh, while everyone else is talking, you are looking out the big glass window. You know, you're at the very top of the tee and it looks all the way down Main Street. You don't see a single person anywhere. You can see the entirety of Main Street all the way down to the gate that you first came in. Yeah, you can't see a single person. Ricky must have gone all the way down to the shed because you can't see him. That's interesting. You're right over there, Frankie. Where is everybody? Well, I'm right here, mate. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, I mean, yes, you, obviously, but the town itself, like, where does everybody go? I'm gonna head up to the window and push my face against it and look outside, like real, like a kid at Christmas, you know? Do you want to give advantage to Frankie, or do you want to roll your own perception check, Idafa? Um, I'll roll my own perception, may as well. That would be a... Oh, 18. Idafa, from your point of view, you are able to completely justify what Frankie is saying. You don't see a single person around, uh, and this includes the way that you would take uh, to get down to where that cellar door is. You know, there's no guards, all the shops appear to be closed up tight, uh, and everything down Main Street. And even back from the main street, you don't see any windows that have, like, you know, candlelight implying that someone is in there. Everything that you can see out this window appears to be deserted. Wicked. Well, this is going to make this a whole lot easier. And I think that, Blynn, you're a salesman. You can always come up with a cover story. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, let's go. Sneak out the door so that Blackguard doesn't catch us. And... Let's go see if we can find that cellar that a boy was dragged into. Oh. Alright, roll me a group stealth check. Oh no. You can all have advantage because Blackguard is asleep. Yay! Yay. Oh, fantastic. Karen rolled a 19. Frankie rolled an 18. I don't rolled a 26. So, so I'm a 9. I swear to God, Flynn. As you get up to leave, uh, Flynn does trip over Welby, but he lands just in the midst of this deep shag carpet. <laughs> so it doesn't make much of a noise, and Blackguard does not so much as stir when this happens. I hate out, man. <laughs> Welby crawls back into your clothing, and, you know, you did you did do a good sneak, and because Blackguard is really nice and comfy and warm, he didn't really, you didn't disturb him, and you didn't wake him up from his sleep. So you're all able to leave, and the doors to the lodge that you're staying in aren't locked. And you're able to just get outside where it's really cold and snowing and dark. 
Still still in our snuggly clothes, right? Yeah. I don't imagine you would have got changed out of your alpine gear just yet. Yeah. No, we're literally just standing around chatting. <laughs> sort of getting comfy in this nice fancy house. Now we're out in the snow again. <laughs> you can stay if you want, Flynn. It's no, okay. I'm really nosy. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just down here. Lead the way. I defer roll me an investigation check with advantage, since you know where you're going. Okay. Oh, probably not that one, but we'll see. Oh, thank God. That's a 20. Not natural. Easy. It's not far, and you sort of imprinted in your brain where to go when it happened. Yeah. So you head down Main Street, and every single one of these buildings is just completely deserted. There's no one that even could see you, even if you weren't being really stealthy. And we're so stealthy. And yeah, exactly. You head down the street, you make a right down the alleyway where you saw it, and you find yourself at the entrance to the storm cellar. You know, it's sort of those two barn doors on a little angle. Yeah. Yeah, the little storm cellar. And so the two big doors, there appears to be some kind of padlock locking them closed. It's okay, guys. And I pull out my thieves' tools, <laughs> which I'm going to assume has like a, a lock picker, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me a, uh, a check using your thieves' tools, which, because you're proficient in thieves' tools, is a d20 plus your proficiency. Noise, all right. <laughs> that is an 18. Easy. So it actually helps that the lock is sort of frozen, so you get Smash your it. Yeah, you get your lock pick in there and part of it just like snaps and you could just pull it and it comes apart easily. Voila. <laughs> Karen sighs and says, I defer Do your parents know you know how to pick locks? It's like Karen, <laughs> did I not just help the group? We're a team, we're a team. Who wants to go on first? I'll go down first because I've got dark vision. As do I. Okay. I cannot see in the dark, so I'd like to come in last. <laughs> yeah, Frankie can't see in the dark. Okay, Karen and I will scope out the place. Yeah, uh, so Karen and Idafe, you head down there, and it's like a storage for storage cellar. You know, it's mostly barrels of food and grain storage. But towards the back of the room, there's a lit torch in a sconce. And once you get past the barrels, you can see that there's a small cube-shaped cage with a young red-headed boy trapped inside. Yo! He's energetically shaking the bars and he's shouting at the top of his lungs. Oh, gosh. Cowards! Cowards! You think locking me in here will make me stop? I'm hungry! Hey, 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 shh, shh, shh. I'm gonna walk over. Yeah, I'll be like, That's what introduce ourselves to helping this person. <laughs> oh, uh... Oh, I, are you the people that showed up? Is that why the bell rang? Frankie Flynn, you can come down. Close the doors after you. Okay. Oh, right. Oh, yes, yes, that's us. That would be us. Ding dong, here we are. We're quite famous. Oh, <laughs> good. Um, I'm Fero. Would, would, would you guys let me out of, of this cage? Out of curiosity, is that spelt the Maori way or? W, W-H or F? Uh, W-H. Yeah, nice. Because he got the red hair. Oh. Before we let him out, why were you? Why are you in there? Well, they always lock me up whenever there's guests here. They say that I don't have the proper decorum, whatever that means. I look him up and down. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see what they mean, but it's a bit yeah, rough for them yeah. to chuck you in prison. What does that mean? You know, I just run around, do whatever I want, and I eat stuff. Hell yeah. And they get all upset and they're all pissy and they're like, meh, 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 you can't do that, meh, meh, meh. I'm going to high five him through the bars. Um, yeah, he, he does high five you. And uh, he's quite warm. Like, his skin's quite warm to the touch. Mm -hmm. Oh! Wait, I'm just going to, like, 
um, when I feel the warmth, I'm just gonna ask, hey man, are you like a fire genasi? Um, nope. Oh, okay. You're just real warm. Yep. That's just, that's just me. I'm a human person who's nice and warm. Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Insight. <laughs> Insight check that. Human person. Good call, Frankie. Frankie got a 12, so... <laughs> I mean, he says he's a human person, and he seems to be one, and he said he was one. Also, he's a kid, and kids say everything weird, so... <laughs> Frankie says things weird, so Frankie's like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, fair enough, dude. <laughs> you too are a human person with red hair and warm blood, so, you know, relate. You relate. You say, and blood. And blood. Yeah. Warm blood, oh yeah. Yeah, warm blood. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This guy seems trustworthy. And I kind of like huddle towards the team, like, we should ask some questions around the place where we have them kind of uh, wanting to be helpful. He calls over to you because he can see you're huddling and he's like, hey, I bet that they won't help you, right? I'll help you if you let me out. We're looking for a wizard. He, he's, he's Professor... Peridot. Professor Peridot. Oh, I don't think I know that. Oh, Emmeth? Oh, yeah, he's, he's not a wizard, though. He's a... Yeah, 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 okay, okay, yeah, yeah. He's a little out of town guarding, you know what, you'll see. Just go north and look for the peak with the wings and you can't miss it, doors on the west side. The peak with the wings? Yeah, what yeah. What does that mean? Like there's a mountain, got wings sticking out of it. What? What? Will you, will you guide us there if we take let you out? Oh, no way, I'm not going there. Why not? Well, there's really big rocks out there. I just don't feel like dealing with that right now. Uh, so sorry, Pero. What do you mean you don't feel like dealing with really big rocks? Are you scared of rocks, dude? Are they secretly huge golems that we're going to have to fight? I would like to know that in advance. I can do it. It's not a problem for me. I can tell you for truth, for exactly correct, that they are not really big golems. Do you not know what rocks are? I know what rocks are. I, what I don't... I, I'm a dwarf. What I don't know is what you mean by having to deal with them. Generally, you can just not have to deal with rocks. They are rocks. They don't move. So I would be happy to have this conversation. I've already helped you and I'm still in a cage. So I'd be happy to have this conversation with you outside of the cage. All right, Idafa, let him out. Do I have to? He seems kind of whiny. Yeah. And he's kind of scared of rocks. Like that's kind of, that's a little bit pathetic. I'll be honest. It's right? a little bit annoying. It, it is pathetic, but he's afraid of rocks and also locked in a cage. So I don't think you can get much more pathetic than that. We might as well just let him out. But what if he like runs? And does what? He might be able to show us how brave he is with the rocks. And does but... what? He do he runs and does what? I don't know. That's not my problem. He's given us the information. Oh, all right then. Okay, I'll attempt to pick the lock to open it. Cool, so roll me another check with your thieves tools. And while you're doing that, he's going to address Flynn and Frankie. And he's going to be like, so where are you guys from? Frankie flashes Finn like a look. Like, we shouldn't maybe tell him the truth. Yeah, we're adventurers. Yeah, but like, wh where are you from? Are you from the city? I've been to the city a lot, yeah. Oh my gosh, it gets busy there. I do much yeah, prefer yeah. being out in the forest, though, I must say. Although being in the snow is a little bit different as well. But we've definitely been a lot of places. You should see the map that we've been drawing. Beautiful, beautiful. What's it, um, what's it like in the city? Is there lots to eat there? Lots of people? Yeah. It's kind of like everywhere. If you have money, there's lots to do and eat. If you don't, there's not much. Yes. Yeah, cool. I think I'd like to see that city. Oh yeah. One day soon. It's not, 
I don't like it here. Can you tell us a little bit about this sort of, not city, but village that happens up here off season? It seems to be weirdly empty for the amount of people that would need. There's a weird vibe, if I'm to be honest. You know? <laughs> the vibe's off. Yeah, I think I could. I think I can see what you mean by that. It's just, they don't really like people up here. You know, for the most part, they, you know, they put on the nice ski lodge in the winter so people can come up here and ski and give us lots of money, you know, and all sorts of like jewels and gold and treasures and all kinds of things. But, you know, we put up with the people so that we can get the money and then we kick all the people out and it's just us. You capitalist fat cats. How are you going on that thieves tools roll, Idafa? Oh, that was 18. Yeah, nothing to it. While this conversation's happening, you're, you know, tinkering away with, you, with your thieves' tools, and you do manage to pop the lock. Um, do you let him out? I'm just going to turn to Karen and be like, all right, this lock is popped. You want me to let him out? Meadow, could you give us 15 minutes to get out of the village before running about again? Yeah, okay. Um, roll me a persuasion check. Yeah, okay, I can do that. She rolled a 17. Okay. Uh, he looks at you and he says, yeah, I can do that. Look, um, I wouldn't go out now. It's the middle of the night and it's super dark and cold out there. And I don't think that you guys will survive for very long. Well, the problem is we can't go tomorrow because being kicked out tomorrow. So, well, when you leave in the morning, just go and see Ameth then. It's like, it's just outside the village. So when they kick you out just go there instead of wherever you're gonna go that's a really good point can you access it from the main gate like can you go around that way well it's not inside the village it's a mountain peak if you if you look 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 if you look north you will see it it is not that far when you leave just go then Emmeth's probably asleep anyway so you know morning's better and you mentioned lots of uh jewels and coins have you seen little colored glowing gems or coins i mean lots of colored gems but what do you mean coins blue coins oh oh yeah yeah there's there's a little bit of electrum up there like guests don't pay with it but we have some i turn to the team and i'm just like look guys at this point as long as we're out of the city i think we're fine <laughs> yeah we just say electrum all right well give us give us 15 minutes get back to the lodge then and just pretend you don't know us Fedo. we didn't let you out this isn't our fault and also keep being yourself Fedo. you just you just be a little a little rat bag whenever you want you you don't have to do what this town tells you to do it's like Ido's talking to himself Idafa, when you say this to him he smiles to himself and he kind of like He's like knocking his knuckles on the bars of the cage, just thinking, and he's like, you know what? That is some really good advice. I think I'm gonna do that. He's gonna do something terrible. That's okay. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, fair enough, man. Anyway, the lock's unlocked and it has been for a while, so I'm just gonna let you out now. Yeah, we're not gonna get you in trouble. Don't get us in trouble. Uh, see you, see you never, hopefully, but it was nice to meet you. See you around. No, absolutely not. I will not see you around. On the flip side, bro. And he exits the cage and he crawls away through a hole between some barrels. <laughs> He's just crawling about. 
Well, no, like, you know, there's a, the barrels are all stacked up, but between two of them, there's a small space and, you know, a 12, 13 year old could crawl through. So he goes through there and then he's gone. I think we'll use the doors like a normal person. What else is around the room? Is, was there anything in his cell? There was a plate that might have had, you know, judging from the crumbs, it might have had some, you know, bread or something. But no, nothing really else. There was like a sort of soft spot for him to lie down, but nah, there's nothing else in there. Word. All right, sweet as. Yeah, let's gap it. Penny here. Sorry for the posting delay, but we are back and we have more adventure for you. Just a heads up that at the end of this arc, we'll be taking a short break from posting so I can focus on directing the Yes and Charity stream. Expect about three more episodes and then a few months off before we come back. We'll still be recording the show in the background, so there will be plenty of adventure coming in September when we return. A shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. James Courtright, Sam Sarah, Waffles Loves You and is hoping you have a good day. Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Violet, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed One NZ, Andrew Evans, Luna Chris and William Evans. Thank you so much for the support and I'm excited to put on something special for you guys very shortly. If you're curious about our bonus content or you would like to become a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Bradford's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast to become a supporter for just a few bucks a month. Music credits, thanks to Quinsas Moriata for Fun Kid, Jamina Contreras for Golden Cage, Track Tribe for I Had a Feeling, Telecasted for Spirit Riders, Anno Domini Beats for Warzone, and Jung Logos for Fat Man. As always, our social media pages are facebook.com slash Podcast and at jbpcpodcast on Twitter. And keep an eye on hashtag KiwiRPG for all sorts of things that Kiwi creators like us are doing with their projects. If you are a Kiwi RPG creator, come and join Kimu Fakato or Aotearoa, the Kiwi RPG Discord server to find a community of game designers, podcasters and streamers. After our little oopsie with the release schedule, we're back to fortnightly until the break. So next episode, Hearth and Wellbeing Part 4, will be out in two weeks on June 11th. Things are going to ramp up pretty quickly, so don't miss out. What say we get back to the adventure? Cool, so you guys heading back to the lodge? On the way back, I'd like to try and like even out some of the snow so it looks a little bit more natural-ish on the way. Okay, yeah, roll me a uh, roll me a sleight of hand check. Or a stealth check, your choice. 22. There's a broom in the cellar, and you grab that, and as you head back, you kind of like sweep the snow behind you to sort of cover up your tracks. It goes really well. There is, you know, a little bit of broom markings, but it's still snowing. So, you know, within 20, 30 minutes, it should be back to being, you know, untouched snow again. Cool. And then I hide the broom so it's not like right outside our lodge. Yes. <laughs> you just put it back in the mop closet. You know, you can ask Idafa to help you find a mop closet to stash it away. <laughs> Great thinking, Glenn. Okay, well, it looked like you are going to get your seven hours of sleep after all, Frankie. Nice, Frankie says as he's yawning. <laughs> so just checking, are you guys leaving now in the nighttime or are you waiting till the morning? Oh, we're going to, we'll leave in the morning, right? Like we'll go to the lodge yeah, now yeah. and then, yeah. Yeah. That is fine. You break into the lodge. You know, you're nice and comfy in the big swishy chairs, big good pillows. You know, you make beds out of pillows and cushions and stuff. It's nice and warm. It's really toasty in there. 
and you head off to sleep, and you can all have the benefits of a long rest. A long Oh, we probably should have gone in the night to get rid of Blackguard. It might come into handy, though. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah, like, what is he even? Like, he's just observing us, isn't he? Yeah. You guys invited him to join you. Why would you want to get rid of him now? Yeah, but he, he hasn't seen Welby yet. Yeah, that's cool. That's fun. <laughs> all right. I guess, he, I guess he gets to meet Welby. <laughs> so, in the morning, Riki comes back to the lodge and he brings you breakfast, you know, like bacon and eggs, but not, you know, not just plain old fried bacon and eggs, like fancy bacon and oh, eggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Benedict. Oh, yum. Damn it. Now I need to, like, order myself some eggs Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys have breakfast. And after a while, Riki says, you know, it was cool to have you all here. Uh, I'm going to escort you back to the gate, but, you know, come back in the on season sometime. It was nice to meet you. Of course, my dude. Anyway, back to our conversation about hair dye. So do you, do you use like satanic panic or something? You know what? I actually don't pick the product myself. It's like the salon that does it. Um, what? So I actually don't know. Yeah. Okay. Who's your stylist? Just so I can like reference them by name next time I visit. Uh, Kiko. Kiko is my hairstylist who works over at, uh, at the salon. <laughs> awesome. We'll have to we'll have to meet Kiko the next time we come up here. You will have to, yeah. Sorry, why did your hair colour get picked for you? I just I don't understand. Oh no, I picked her, I just don't know the product, you know? Do you change her often or what? Cause like No, nah, green's the best. I'll tell you what, like green is like the most superior colour out of all the colours, and yeah. So what was your original colour, may I ask? He looks around all of you, and he sees that most of you have brown hair, and he's like, brown. This sounds like a star-bellied schneeb kind of situation. Anyway. Yeah, let's go. And he leaves you guys, like, out of the lodge, you know, back down towards the main gate. It's a clear day. And we see the mountain? Yeah, roll me a quick survival check. Oh, net 20, easy. Nice. Uh, yeah, I defer with that survival check. Uh, you look to the north and you can see a mountain peak that does appear to have two kind of arcing protrusions uh, coming out of either side of it. Oh, like wings. And it looks less than an hour's walk away. Oh, nice. Easy. Ricky bids you well. It gives you each like a day's worth of rations. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you, Ricky. And... Oh, my God. I just realized why it's called Ricky. Why? Yeah, Kakariki. Kakariki. Kenny, you <laughs> silly lady. Kakariki <laughs> green. <laughs> anyway. So you guys are going north? Yeah, absolutely we're going north. We're going to go see that Batwing mountain. So all of you, including Blackguard, um, who had breakfast with you and is mostly just taking notes about what you guys do, he's sort of training behind a little bit so that he can write while he walks. But you head off north and there's a beautiful clear day. You're sort of at the point where you're at the top of a huge mountain that has multiple peaks. So you're sort of at the spot where, you know, you could climb any one of these peaks. It's kind of like a valley through all these different peaks, you know, it's gorgeous and the, it's quiet and the air is clean, the snow is untouched powder, and you could see little white bunnies, you know, darting around out of the way. <laughs> and off to the uh, side, there's a herd of wild moose. And just for a moment, a shadow just kind of blocks out the sun just for a moment before it passes over. Look at it. 
is is there a perception check to kind of snap my head up and see it better? Yeah, roll me a perception check. Oh, not great. Six plus five, eleven. Yeah, you can just sort of see there's some kind of hawk or like bird of prey or something just sort of flying overhead. You can't really make out the details, but you can see the silhouette. It must have just passed over between you and the sun. You know, the difference made a bigger shadow than a bird would. Interesting. Does Welby have a reaction to the, the shadow? Uh, Welby's back under your hat because okay. it's cold again and he's and he wants to be snuggly. Okay. Uh, can we see any of those rocks that Fedo was talking about? Yeah, well, I mean, what are you looking for? There's rocky protrusions all over the place. You are in the mountains after all. But like, as a dwarf, because that was a very strange sentence to me, is there anything that sticks out as something to have to, I don't know, climb over or mm. overcome or watch out for? Is this is this place at a risk for avalanches or rockfalls? You guys have been in an avalanche before in a fairly similar environment to this one. So you imagine there might be risk of avalanche here. Mm. But in terms of like... Because you heard Riki say it as well, that there's rocks out here. There doesn't seem to be anything that sort of matches that description of Fero saying, I don't want to deal with that today. Yeah. And you're kind of looking around and you look back up and you could see that bird that was overhead a minute ago. Oh, gosh. And it's pulled into a dive. Yo. It must have seen a rabbit or something. But as you're watching it, your blood turns cold (laughs) because from the size of it, it should be hitting the ground, but it's not. Ah. It's just getting bigger oh. and bigger mm. and bigger. And then suddenly, with an almighty crash, that bird lands just on top of the herd of moose that you saw. Oh seeing my gosh. fresh snow flying in all directions and easily pinning a fully grown male moose to the ground with its like sheer mass. Oh, son of a bitch, it's a dragon. You watch in horror as the 200 foot wingspan of this enormous alpine eagle (gasps) tears this moose apart with its talons and like tears its throat out and essentially eats it whole. Oh my God. And you turn around and this enormous bird's eyes land on the five of you and you finally put together that comment that Ricky and Fero both made. And it was about why you shouldn't go deal with Professor Peridot. There's really big rocks out there. Oh my god, they're not stones! It's ROC! Like a rock. It's a rock! Oh my god. Oh no! Oh no! It's ROC, just for clarification. It's a giant bird. Oh, I doubt if I believe Persian mythology originally. Persian? Cool. Oh my god. That's a cool bird though. Party, what do you do? No! So is it coming towards us or what? At the moment, it's eating an entire moose and just sort of looking at you. I just, I'm what? gonna wave. <laughs> don't, don't look at it. Don't wave at it. Don't wave at it. Put your hands down. Why? Maybe if it thinks we're friends, it won't it do anything. Not oh God! Oh, we don't God. know that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know that. Can we? Can I? Yeah. Is there any cover? Yeah. Yeah. There are some rocky protrusions nearby, but it has seen you. It's looking at you while it's having its breakfast. Um, I would like to wait. So how far away are these? Basically, what you have is here the opportunity of do you want to roll for initiative or do you want to run? I don't want to hurt it. So, 
Make your decision now. Run. How close are we to to the moose? To the where? To the moose? Yeah, the moose. Where it's standing, it's probably 500 feet away from where you are. But given that how big it is, that's a lot further the, for you than it is for the bird. You're probably halfway between Tarago Nook and the mountain peak that you're heading for. I quickly turn to the team. I'm like, guys, do we need to see this wizard or what? Karen says, run, run, run. And so Ido starts running towards the moon. No, run away. Don't run towards it. <laughs> run away. How many moose are there out of curiosity? There's a herd of them, so there probably was about seven or eight. Well, there, there were about seven or eight, and now there's one less. Are there tra- trees around? Uh, no. So is there? are there rocks around? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there will be rocks around. Well, there's one rock around, and then there's a lot of, like, boulders and stones <laughs> and stuff. So can we see where we need to go from where we are? Yes. Yes, run towards that. You can make that. it. It's busy. It's got food, okay, right? Yeah. Well, we need to go that way to get to the wizard, right? It's not in between us and the wizard. Oh, no, yeah, screw that. We're going to the wizard's place. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to engage the big eagle thing. Okay. Yeah, we'll wait for another level or two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you fleeing or running? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Roll me a group athletics check. Oh, that's not bad. Oh god. Oh god. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's great. I got six. Oh, fantastic. I got an. 18 plus 9, so that is a 27 from Karen. Nice, okay. Frankie rolled a natural 20. Nice! Uh, <laughs> okay, so the natural 20 is going to offset Idafa's low roll, <laughs> and Blackguard got a 14. Sacrifice Blackguard. <laughs> so you guys meet eyes with this huge bird that's just like leisurely eating a fully grown moose, and you run. You turn around, and you butt ass bolt out of here. For some of you, for like Karen and for Flinva, the snow comes up a little further on you, so you're a little slower. And the you tall guys, you end up out the front clearing a path for the others. Perfect. And you notice that Blackguard starts falling behind you a little bit because he's trying to take notes as he's <laughs> fleeing along with you. <laughs> and Frankie's like, are you getting this down? <laughs> Tell them that we're running away bravely. <laughs> this is a tactical retreat. We're being protecting the wildlife. We're being tactical. And I'm going to roll a check for the rock. Okay, the rock rolled a six for its survival. Hey, can we call it Dwayne? So it's just watching you as you're running. Okay. Roll me another group athletic oh, check. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I have another Oh, thank 20. God, a natural 20. Nice. Okay, uh, Karen got an 18 this time. Frankie got a seven. Oh, no. <laughs> so this time, Idafa's natural 20 is going to offset Frankie's roll. <laughs> we lift each other up. Blackout also got a natural 20. I'm envisioning this as... Frankie is running and Idafa just falls over and Frankie just scoops Idafa up and puts him back on his feet. And then they keep running and then Frankie falls over and Idafa's bringing up the rear and just scoops Frankie up and puts him back on his feet. <laughs> and then still running! <laughs> That's it, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to roll a survival check for the rock. Ooh, the rock rolled a 17. So you're running, you've made a pretty decent distance away from it, from where you were. You probably run another 100 feet and there's just a big whoosh and you feel a little bit of the snow sort of like fly past you and you turn around and the rock is now like in flight and it seems to be pursuing you. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, can I try something that's gonna look really cool if I pull it off but be kind of lame if I don't? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I just want to throw a fireball in his direction. 
Yeah, all right, roll me an attack roll. All right. Um, does it have to be a disadvantage since we're moving? Yeah, no, no, it's a it's a big enough target that I think it would offset the disadvantage here. I got a six. Yeah, okay, so you're sort of running, and you kind of turn around, and you shoot a firebolt kind of half over your shoulder while you don't slow down. It just ends up not quite being the right angle. It sort of singes past sort of what the equivalent of its shoulder is, where its wing kind of meets its body. I made him more angry. <laughs> okay, so because you did an action, you're going to be a little bit slower than everybody else. Would anybody else like to make an action that is not running? Yes, actually, I do. I've just realized I have a new, because we recently leveled up. Yep. I have a new spell. Okay. It, it's a new thought for, for, from Totem Barbarian. It's called Commune with Nature. Okay. And it takes a minute to cast. So if you want Karen to be running very slowly for one minute, that's fine, I suppose. But I would like to cast Commune with Nature, Ooh. so I can briefly become one with nature and gain knowledge of the surrounding territory. Okay, can you tell me what the components are? Is the is it like VSM or what is the? I'm just trying to figure out whether this is doable or not. They're V and F, verbal and semantic. Which is okay, hands and words. Hands and words. Yeah. Okay. I think you could cast this while running, but you're going to take a small penalty, like Idafa did That's to fine. your athletics check. So I will gain knowledge of up to three facts of my choice about any of the following subjects as they relate to the area. Terrain embodied water, prevalent plants, minerals, animals, or people, powerful celestials, phase fiend, elemental, or undead, influence from other planes of existence, buildings. I would like to determine the location of powerful people in the area, specifically Professor Peridot. Okay. I would like to gain knowledge about places but terrain as in places to hide or possibly even whoopsie doodles to avoid like a cro like crevasses. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I would also like to determine if there's any other animals in the area that we can kind of run past that will distract the rock. Okay. What's the range on this? Three miles. Okay. Okay, so can you run me through the information that you want again? I would like to know where Professor Peridot is. Yeah. Because they are a powerful person. Okay, so you know for a fact that he is up ahead inside the mountain with the, the wing protrusions on it. Okay, I would like to know about the terrain in between us and the mountain so I can tell if there's any A, hiding spots or B, places where we could fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's a cave. There is a cave not far ahead. It's probably 500 feet ahead of you. There's a small enough cave that you could, you know, you could get into it. Fantastic. Does it look like a rock and, nest? <laughs> <laughs> and I would also like to know if there's any other creatures in the area. For example, if there's something that could distract the rock or if the rock is here with other rock. Okay, I'm gonna roll. Oh, okay. Interesting, hang on. Interesting, one more roll. I'm gonna roll a D8. Look at one of the tables. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. Okay, so what you gather is there's an enormous bird behind you, but you knew that already. Yeah. Within three miles of you, there are no other rocks around. Good. To the left is the cave that you know about. Off to the right, there's a family of mammoths. Mm, interesting. There are probably four or five woolly mammoths uh, up ahead. You can't see them from where you are now because you're sort of running over a small hill crest, but you should be able to see them soon. Okay. 
Wonderful. I would like to... Karen has fallen behind by now. So the next step is I want all of you to roll me a group athletics check. And Idafer and Karen, assuming that there's nobody else who wants to take an action, Idafer and Karen are going to have minus five to this check. Oh, okay. Minus five. Okay. Oh. Oh, net 20. Oh, oh yeah, same. So I guess 15. Well. Plus one, 16. <laughs> That's 24 for me in total. Karen has a plus nine to athletics. So that means that's a 10. Okay. Minus five, that's a five because I rolled a natural one. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Frankie rolled an 11. Okay, Blackguard rolled a five. Okay, so because there's like fire being blasted and one of your party members, Karen, has got her eyes closed and trying to concentrate on the terrain around her, there was two natural 20s at the table. So I'm going to say that... You don't lose much ground, but you do lose some ground. You didn't get everyone full sprint, full speed. You're a little bit slower than you could have been. And the rock gained a little on you. It's now probably 300 feet behind you. Oh my gosh. And it's flying along the surface of the snow. So every time it flaps its wings, just so much snow is just being displaced out. Just both sides of it. It would be a pretty cool cinematic effect that you would quite enjoy if you weren't about to get it. Karen is, can I, can I take another action? Okay, I'm just going to roll quickly for the rock. Okay, no, the rock is not going to make any actions. It's just using movement. So, yes, Karen, you can take an action. My action is to yell. There's a cave about 500 feet up and to the left. Look out for it. We're getting in there. Cool. So she's just making everybody aware that there's a cave that they should be looking for because she's definitely not at the front okay so the two natural 20 rollers who were idafer and flynn i believe yes yes yep. mm. you're at the front both of you would you both roll me perception checks okay is anybody else going to make an action that isn't just running as fast as they can uh 15 for perception i don't got 24 nice as you were running so we've got the guys at the front who are looking for the cave karen and frankie are you guys making any actions that aren't running no frankie is booking it out of there okay yeah, no, Karen has just told everybody that the cave is up and to the left about 500 feet up, and they should keep a watch out for it, and that was her action. Okay, everybody roll me a group athletics check. Nobody has any penalties or disadvantage or minuses to their rolls. 13 for Flynn. Karen got a 24. Frankie rolled a 7. I got a 1. Okay. Oh, no, <laughs> not a natural one. Oh, wait, no, sorry, 3, sorry. <laughs> Blackguard got a 17. So... The part, you guys are running, but the part of the mound that you're currently running on is kind of steep, maybe kind of icy as well. You don't have good grip here, and you don't make very good progress um, towards the cave. And the rock is now only 200 feet behind you. <laughs> Yike. If you were to guess, you would imagine that you're probably not going to make it to that cave before the bird catches up with you. Okay. Party action. What do you guys want to do? Oh, 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 okay. Pray for our lives. <laughs> Pray to who? I don't know. None of us are clerics. We don't have anyone. <laughs> Can I get Welby to do Euphoria Breath on it? What's the range on Euphoria Breath? Five feet of it. A puff of gas and a creature. Okay, so Welby would have to fly 200 feet back to the rock and then literally be within melee range in order to do that. How far away from the cave are we? So you are probably now 300 feet out from getting to that cave, and the rock is only 200 feet behind you, and it's gaining. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna. Do, can I do a delayed action to get Welby to jump out, and then ho he'll be hovering kind of overhead of us between it, so that if that rock comes to dive down to us, then he'll do the hiya. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so that's fine. Welby is now uh, off of you and flying invisibly. Yep. 
and he's ready to do Euphoria Breath should it come within the right range. Anybody else? Who is the slowest at the moment? This is a lot more like that chase scene that we did, so, you know, because we're not actually moving, you know, 30, 60 feet according to your movement sheet. We're moving about 100 feet at a time, so you're more or less all the same speed, assuming that you're rolling okay and you're not hitting any obstacles. Okay. Oh, last um, upgrade, I picked up Wall of Force and I haven't used it before. Oh, that's a good one. But to the window. Hiya! So Wall of Force is basically 10, 10 foot by 10 foot uh, invisible force field squares. Last upgrade, uh, Flindra picked up Wall of Force and so I can cast it at a range of 120 feet for 10 minutes and it's basically constructions of um, like uh, panels of 10 times 10. So you've got basically like a big invisible force field that you can sort of put up wherever you like. Yeah. Okay, where are you going to put it and what shape? So I would like to put it, um, is it, is it invisible or is it seen? It doesn't really... So there's 10 invisible panels, they're a quarter of an inch thick, but they are 10 feet okay, by cool. 10 feet. So if I could, I'd like to put them in two lots. So I would like to put them on the ground in front of us. Each, each panel must be contiguous with another panel, so they all have to be touching at least one other panel like but a nice big puzzle like a nice big puzzle piece but they all have to there can't be two completely separate walls so has to be you one. could for example put up a wall behind you that the bird will crash into or you could put yourselves in a box but where whatever you create has to be one shape not two so i want to do um from the wall directly behind the last person a row going up and then another row going on top of that so it's kind of slightly angled almost like a little a curve over top of us and then as far as I can get that top curve panel to reach within my range towards the cave so we've kind of got I'm trying to make an overhead kind of tunnel ah okay so this is a fifth level spell right cool cross off five electrum as you sort of turn around and you draw a shape cool. and you know that they're there they're very difficult to see so you sort of create this force field kind of in the shape that you're imagining and then you turn around and you just keep running uh everybody else after like a second you hear a like a flump and a crunching noise oh dear uh. and you turn around and you can see that the enormous rock has just flown just like full speed full tat just into this invisible wall like a person <laughs> sprinting straight into a screen door oh, no. it seems to be injured and or dazed so keep running keep running yeah get to the cave get to the cave I'm so sorry <laughs> well it was gonna eat you so you know not sorry it'll be fine so as you continue running the rock just sits very still it doesn't stir it doesn't move it's just lying in the snow and you make it to the cave uh, you're no longer needing to do these group athletics checks because you're technically no longer being pursued. All right. Yay! Lynn just wants to yell out like, sorry, <laughs> just wanted to stop you. <laughs> he feels a bit bad about it. And I'm out of flips the bird at the bird. Don't worry about it, Lynn. So you are no longer being pursued by this bird who probably wanted to make you at second breakfast. So you can stay in here for as long as you like, or you can head off uh, towards your destination. I think a five minute break to catch our breath after yeah. running full full speed through snow is probably a good bet. Yeah, and probably right. We could just hang out here for a little bit and, you know, if it leaves, it won't see us continuing to trek through the snow. And if it doesn't, Oh, well. <laughs> uh, Flinva, while you are having your rest and catching your breath, Blackguard, who is writing about what just happened, sits with you and asks you about the spell that you cast and, like, 
you know, he asks you for like a little diagram of the shape of the force field that you made. And despite the fact that his life was very recently in mortal danger, um, seems to be really enjoying this little story that he's creating. Oh my god. You are really great at taking notes on the go, my man. You'd be great at contracts. Yeah, thank you. I'm sort of a, a traveling journalist, so I sort of have to be able to do things at the same time. Hmm. Never thought that journalism would be so dangerous. Uh, yeah. Five minutes pass. Uh, is anybody going to try and accomplish any actions or roll in anything, or are we just moving on? I'm going to gain my breath. Yeah. Yeah. Just just stand there for five minutes, like... <gasps> <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's a great fit. Well, he's yeah, fit, but he's but, not. Like, he's not fit. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Just in case we have to come back to this cave, Flimva does... Um, want to take some time after he's had a rest to look around to make sure it's um, safe to come back to. It's not like a huge rock egg, is there? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god, could you imagine? Yeah, what's this cave look like? It's not very deep. It's sort of more of a indent in the wall than a proper, you know, cave tunnel. Oh, this is not safe. You can all fit inside pretty easily, but it doesn't go very deep into the actual rock. Oh, but like a rock wouldn't be able to fit in here, okay. Oh, definitely not. Like, its head wouldn't be able to get in here. Oh, yeah. And so how far to, have we got to the wizard's place now? Or like 100 metres, 150? Uh, yeah, after that run, you're essentially at the, the base of the peak that you were headed towards. If you poke your head out of the cave, you can see it very easily. So Fedor told you that the entrance is around the east side, so it's probably just a small walk from here to get to where you think you need to be. Nice. Cool. And I know that he's definitely there because I've sensed him. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't think Karen actually will take point because there's snow and she's very short. But she might ask one of the one of the tall boys or possibly Blackguard to take point so she can kind of direct from second position. Blackguard doesn't want to be in the front because then he can't see what you guys are doing. Mm. Um, I'll go to the front if you want. I don't really mind. Okay, thank you. Oh, so brave. Thank you, Ida. I mean, yeah, I'll definitely take the front. <laughs> I'll guide you guys. Okay, yeah, Ida, because you know that the entrance is around to the east, roll me a survival check and you can have advantage because of that knowledge. Okay. Well, I rolled the same number twice. That is 13. Okay. The door's not particularly hard to find. So you leave the cave and you can sort of see the rock from where you are and it's still stunned and it's not moving. Oh, nope. <laughs> You would think that it was dead, except you can see that it actually is breathing, so it is just stunned. You know, like a birdie who flew into a That's window. <laughs> it just needs a minute. Except it needs a really big minute because it is a really big <laughs> So yeah, so you head up to this peak that is marked with the wings, and not even that long, like 10 minutes of walking up this sort of uh, little mountain on top of the mountain, you find yourself uh, on this really big, wide, flat plateau, and set into the side of the mountain is this huge, like, enormous iron door. Uh, surrounding the door, like, you, there's this big, sort of what looks like a, a carved decoration of what looks like an enormous reptile moor. So you have to, like, walk into the mouth to get to where the door is. Mm. Cool. I'm just, like, lizard hungry, and then I walk towards the door. And Blackguard's like, yeah, I could eat. <laughs> This does look like the kind of place where they'd know a lot about dragons. Yeah, it actually, yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm surprised. Usually they're not this, like, you know. <laughs> Looks like Welby. Yeah. Looks like a really big Welby. 
Uh, speaking of which, Welby is, uh, he's currently uncloaked and he's flitting around you quite unpredictably and quickly, like really excitedly. And he's like chirping and, um, he's very, he seems to be very, very like excited and, and wants to go in. Wait, so he's not invisible? No. And Blackguard's staring at him and he's like, okay, writing that down. Is that... <laughs> Has that been with us the whole time? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's just Welby. He's, he's, that's right, he's just a cat. Yeah, this is Welby, you dingus. How did you not know about Welby? He's our best boy. Surprise! Second, second best boy. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I didn't know about Welby. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Well, we he has been invisible the whole time. Yeah, so. he's a... Uh... But this is... Surprise! This is Welby. He's the fifth member of our little crew. Oh! Um, after Karen's like, yeah, this is the fifth member, and then Hans just like sticks his head out of oh. my like jacket, like, am I a joke to you, Karen? And we're not saved on Real sassy. I can't believe you'd forget In my Hans defense, like that. I didn't know that Hans was. You'd given Hans life. I thought it was a mechanical thing. Frankie claps his hands over Hans's ears <laughs> defensively and be like. <laughs> Hans is alive. He's a real boy. Hans has ears. What's well, got like a win? Yeah, they're like little what? holes, like a seal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hans's head is literally the head of a doll. Yeah. A doll, a doll from one like of his sisters. Yeah. Yes, kind of like that. And he yeah. he literally shoots a poison dart out of his butt. Me too, but like in a more. <laughs> poetic way. <laughs> I was going to say that doesn't mean he's alive, but actually Idafa makes a valid point. I'm getting cold. Should we go inside? And then I, I rap on the door. Uh, yeah, Idafa, you go up and you just knock on the door. And what you're not expecting is even just lightly touching it, just lightly knocking on it, is enough force to make it sort of swing open a little bit. You were expecting these huge iron doors to be really heavy? Secure? Yeah, but you knock and you, you know, it slides open a little bit like it weighs nothing. Mm. Nice. All right, come on in, guys. It's cold out here. Uh, yeah, you walk inside and you find yourselves in a fairly nicely carved tunnel. Karen, you in particular are really impressed by the, like, smoothness of the of the rock in the tunnel that you're in. It doesn't look like it's made of rock. It looks almost like it was melted into this shape. Oh. And you walk for about two minutes into this tunnel, into a room or a chamber inside of the mountain with more treasure in it than you have ever imagined in your entire life. <gasps> there are mountains of gold, gems, crystals, art, paintings, jewelry, crowns. Inside this room, in every direction, there is a seemingly never-ending collection of wealth, a completely unlimited treasure stashed at the top of the world. As we um stand looking at it, I'm just like, man, it's good that we're not greedy, huh? <laughs> but, but this is... Everybody keep your hands to yourself. Is Professor Paradox maybe a dragon? Maybe. Anyway, let's see. Uh, and Ido puts his hand to his mouth like, Professor Paradox! <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Idafa, your words sort of echo out across the room, and while you wait, you're watching Welby, who's like chirping gleefully, and sort of like jumps and just burrows himself into a pile of nearby coins. And then from nearby, you hear a voice. Uh, someone says, oh, is my shift over already? I could have sworn I had another few days to read. Oh, and then a very handsome man, 
Uh, he's got purple hair and a moustache, and he's muscular, and he's like poured into this tight button-up shirt. And he's wearing glasses, and he's carrying a heavy tome. And I cannot stress this enough, he has a head full of bright purple hair. And he just like strolls around this, you know, nearby pile of, you know, stacked up art. And he sort of looks up at you and he's a bit surprised, but not startled. And he's like, oh, well, you're not the next shift. And if you knew where you were standing, I'm sure you would have fled by now. What exactly are you doing here? And Otto's mouth is like a gate. <laughs> Holy like, yeah, Frankie's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh god. He accidentally pulls so, him good down. Good sir, we're in trouble. Frankie is in trouble. Um, good sir, we're in. Karen's like, he doesn't have a beard. Like, what's so attractive about her? I don't know. <laughs> Flynn's like, good sir, we're here for some help for a good friend of ours. And I, um, I motion to Welby, who's in the coins. <laughs> Diving around in the coins. Is him up in the source? Yeah, sure. So he doesn't immediately see Welby. He sort of walks towards you and puts his book down. Yeah, so I assume that you're looking for Professor Peridot. Well, you have found me. Oh, hello. Oh. Quite the journey for an autograph. And then he looks down and his eyes, like he sees Welby, who's sticking his head out of a pile <laughs> of coins and just like, you know, just chewing on one. So this is Welby. Welby, meet the professor. And the professor's like staring at him. And he's a little bit shocked, and, like, you think he might be trembling a little bit. Oh. Frankie wishes the professor would stare at him that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't staring at him that way. <laughs> he turns back to you all, and he says, I think you'd better come in. Too bad they're gone. I like those guys. Ricky here, Mayor of Tarago Nook. Thanks for listening to the show, and remember to dress for the job that you want, not the job you have.